Buzz has confirmed the red light is on. Dan is present and here. Buzz is present. I am present. Here we go. Three, two, one. Third Degree, the Third Degree Podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com. They've got everything from the Premier League, Serie A, MLS, and of course, all that sweet FC Dallas gear shop, Soccer90.com. For all your jerseys, tees, and soccer needs. Third Degree listeners, of course, get 20% off at checkout. We use the code Third Degree. 20% off. Code Third Degree. Soccer90.com. Some exclusions may apply. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious Fan. Welcome to local fans of MLS Club Group Therapy Session, also known as Third Degree, the podcast. Hi, I'm Peter, and here's Dan Crook. Howdy, Dan. That was a very curious introduction. <laughs> I do feel like, Dan, that we are absolutely the lead group therapists in a large group therapy session when it comes to this club these days. Oh, definitely. We pick people up and then, uh, you know, give them a few punches of reality and then put them back down gently. And our lead therapist, you know him, you love him. My hero, your hero, everybody's hero, editor, founder, thirddegree.net, and the original Buzz Carrick come in. Leader Buzz. In fact, Peter, I would say that this podcast is so FC Dallas curious that of the three media people in the world who actively inquire and go watch training, two of them are on this podcast. Well, That's right. Well, it would be two, but they keep screwing the sky. <laughs> they do make it hard for you in the spring. That's oh, that yeah. feels like a really good segue into an item on the infamous uh, rayon, uh, crayon red run sheet, which is on here. And I'll just start here, which is the preseason schedule has been announced. Tickets for sale. Uh, tickets have gone on sale for the messy game at the Cotton Bowl. They are not breaking news. They are not inexpensive <laughs> if you're <laughs> not a, already a season ticket holder. Uh, and I, ha I, I am curious as to how well they're selling. Do anybody have any, has anybody heard anything about how good sales are going? Uh, no, I've not heard anything. I, I know they had some new sort of ticket vehicle today for like groups or something. So maybe they're not getting the action they wanted, but hmm. they are pretty expensive for a preseason. Wait, I, I think the cheapest one, if you're just buying them from the website was what, 106? I, I didn't look honestly, cause I got my season ticket one, but, um, I mean, I know the, the the real takeaway is that Dallas is getting absolutely scorched by everybody for these horrible prices, and it's not their fault. It's not FC Dallas event. Right. It's an outsider event. You know. Yeah, it it's is unfair. price gouging by some promoter that's doing the whole Inter Miami tour. Well, uh, they they must be paying them a, a butt chunk of money uh, to to do this tour, considering they're touring them around five different continents or whatever it is. A butt uh, chunk. That's a new one. I mean, FC Dallas might be doing it for for basically like a game fee, just because they want a game. You know, it's nice well, to get. Well, it could be a game fee, but I, also the ability to resell the tickets as part of a you know. I mean, they're clearly using oh, this fair. as a, a season ticket sales mechanism. But what the must be paying Inter Miami to do this because you know between Hong Kong, you know uh, Saudi Arabia, El Salvador, and then two locations in North America. So, no, just Dallas. The Kansas City game is 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 the game it, um, that they talked about for uh, Sporting Kansas City. Is that a league? Is that a regular MLS league game? They're moving to Arrowhead, or is that a preseason part part of this preseason tour? Uh, I think I think Kansas City is moving their regular season game to Arrowhead. Ah, uh, I don't okay. know about the um, preseason tour specifically. Yeah, that's uh, April thirteenth. Okay, so that's a league game they're moving to. Okay, excellent. All right. Well, so yeah, they're yes. not playing KC in the preseason. All right. Uh, so yeah, four games in this preseason tour. Uh, you know, if uh, Barcelona made five million dollars to come to the Cotton Bowl a couple of weeks ago, I have to assume there's some close number to that to accomplish getting Messi to play Ronaldo in Saudi Arabia. That game alone. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Is a big deal. Um, the, the one interesting game in that schedule is that Newell's is coming to Miami to play Enter. So that's kind of fun because that's 
I mean, not FC Dallas fun, but it's fun for Messi yeah. to play his, his boyhood club. That's kind of cool. Well, part of the reason why I wanted to start here is my frustration with reading through the preseason schedule. And in the email that we got from the media relations department, on every, it seemed like almost every single entry as to the calendar of events with the team, in bold, sitting out there like the sorest thumb possible repeatedly, was closed to media. Yeah. And I, look, I just don't get it. I don't understand why this team that is so desperate for media attention yeah. is making it so fartin' impossible for anybody, whether it be you 2 or Channel 8 or anybody else, to cover this team with any sort of... It's just the weirdest thing. I don't get it. I've tried to talk to some of the lower PR people about this kind of concept. And to be honest with you, the reason I made that joke about two of the three people that care are in this podcast is because that's true. Other than shout out John Arnold, Dan and I are the only ones that ever want to go to practice. Like there's rarely ever anybody that wants to go out there from local media um, to shoot practice in spring training or anything like they maybe late in the season when things are going great they in a really strong season they go out there but then hardly ever other than that and even then they just show up at the very end they don't care about the actual thing so but i will say that um as much as it pains dan of course that the schedule that they've announced really is just this first week of training um and the the first part is physicals and then they're going to go off to um uh um uh, Wichita Falls and isolate. So I understand why that's closed. So basically like there's a, just a couple of days in the middle that are open and then they go to Spain. So it, it isn't ideal, but honestly, they're only going to be here like a week and a half or, or a week or something before they leave. Um, I'm pro I'm told that after the, they get back from Spain, that there will be more sessions available and even perhaps maybe, a day for fans to go like an open to everybody to the public kind of session. So it better get better because if they, if, if this is like, they're going to continue where they, we just have two days to watch the team all spring. That's going to be horrible. Um, I will say that of the games in Spain, which have not been announced, I know that for sure that some of them are going to be streamed and the team is efforting. I'm told to get even more beyond the ones that they know are already going to be streamed. So we may not get them all, but we're going to get some of them and that's good. And then the one game, against Inter, of course, anybody can go. And then the closed door scrimmage against Mexico, New Mexico, media are allowed to go. And Dan and I are going to go, depending on what exactly time of day that game is play being played. Mm -hmm. So we will get some more chances then. I think they've woken up a little bit. People want to see them, at least the scrimmages. So cross your fingers. And, and I will admit, though, that I'm like, I don't know why everything isn't wide open all the time. If I'm with you, but then I just think people don't care. Oh, you know? well, maybe they don't, but maybe they don't care because they don't think they can go because everything yeah. is always closed and they just Fair. gave up caring. Um, but this is so this is such a distance from where we used to be. Again, obviously, this was a generation ago when you used to travel with the team on international trips in preseason, like to Chile and things like that. Yeah, admittedly, the first time that I did that, they asked me if I wanted to. And I thought, wow, what a great idea. And then I, the first couple of times they facilitated made it easier. And then after that, I did it on my own. Um, I did not inquire if I was going to try if I could go because I can't. I, I have conflicts from work. But I would have been curious if I could have. Yes, I'm dying yeah. to know if you had called them up and said, hey, I'm coming to Spain. Can I cover the team while you're in Spain? what their answer would be. That's a good question. I, if I was going to do that, I probably would start with the coach because if the coach said yes, then it's a lot easier for me to then tell PR the coach said I could <laughs> than it is to have them assume he would say no. And, if you had <laughs> gone around that department yeah. <laughs> to the coach and done it that way, you probably would have had a car bomb installed in your Oh, uh, no, come on. Uh, it would be interesting to see. I, I do know that like – um, in recent times when I have gone uh, to places domestically, they do let me come to practice or they have let me come to practice. Granted, that was with Lucci, who I had a relationship with, but they don't any longer let me come to other things. Like a long time ago, they used to let me come to, you know, team dinners or they would invite me, you know, or even like some of the players would invite me to go out or whatever. But that no longer that stuff no longer happens. And, okay. and that's why I'm perfectly fine with that. Actually, it keeps the separation. That's no big deal. But um you know, Lucci was very open to that idea, but uh, this coach I don't know as well, so we're not there yet. All right, so there's preseason schedule talk. 
God bless their hearts. Well, one thing I will throw in before you go ahead, Peter, is uh, uh, the Sebastian Legette incident at a Spanish club aside, I do still (laughs) applaud the fact that they go to a foreign country and play teams not from MLS. Like, I, I hate preseason when you just play teams you're going to play in MLS. I, I want the team to be challenged by players and, and tactics and coaches and teams that they don't know. I, that outside the comfort zone, is I think it's huge. So I, I applaud these trips, even though I can't do them anymore necessarily. So And isn't, isn't this always related to... Um... Uh, there's like a group of teams internationally that all go to Spain at the same time, and there's a selection yeah. of teams for them to play against. So how many games will they end up playing in Spain? Well, it's hard to know, but what happens is that the other teams that have seasons that start now, which is some of the Scandinavian countries, I can't remember exactly which ones, this is what happened when the teams will go to La Manga, Spain, too, mm-hmm. is that you run into these same teams. Um, I think sometimes even like like Dinamo Kiev was there one time, and it's things like Stabæk and you know the, these these Norway teams. I think teams that have a schedule like the MLS does, and they're all in their preseason. Yeah. So you can you end up getting um, usually you get to play in some kind of manufactured fake little cup against a couple of teams, and then you can r- rally up three or four more scrimmages against teams that are in town there, um, and you you get anywhere from five maybe six games over the course of like a week and a half if you want them you can play play like every other day or sometimes even twice in a day like if you have enough players with you that you can run two teams you might play one team in the morning with your starters and one team in the afternoon in the reserves and things like that your second group so that you get lots of games this way and then every once in a while of course you end up someplace where there's another mls team and so you can roll them into the mix too but um i don't think that'll be the case here now this Dallas only goes to this one because of um Nico Estevez obviously is from the area and those people they haven't done this kind of thing since boy Colin Clark was last coach I don't remember Shellis going overseas with the club I think I can't remember for sure but um the the, the Brazil that's where they went with Shellis they would go to Brazil and then they quit doing that basically at some point um in Lucci's era they never did it they went they stayed here you know post and post-pandemic, they've stayed here until until very recently. Okay. So good on them and go to Spain. So this one is the uh, Marbella Football Center, which is what they went to last year. It's a really massively expanding group. It's kind of the succession to places like La Manga. So they're going to stay at a new facility this year, which is, uh, let me think, it's a little bit further down towards the Costa del Sol, so a lot of British tourists around. Uh, but, you know, uh, Feyenoord's just been there, PSV's just been there, Borussia Dortmund's just been there, the Spanish national teams train there. Uh, so I think, uh, let me see, I did write down who's actually going to be there that I know of while they're there. So they've got Victoria, Pleasant, Tromso, Sparta, Prague, some Norwegian teams I can't possibly say, Malmo, Hacken, Newark. Coping, uh, AIK, Seattle Sounders are going to be there. Vancouver Whitecaps are actually just left for it for a three-week camp there today. Uh, but it's just this group of resorts, so they'll kind of travel up and down the southern coast of Spain. They've got four official friendlies, and then, like Buzz said, they'll play some little training scrimmages and, and uh, joint training sessions as well. The one we know for sure is that the Alborg BK uh, team has said that they're they're going to be playing us. They think they're playing us in Dallas anyway. So that's one we know of. But other than that, we'll find out when they announce it all, of course. For sure. All right. Well, um, I guess that all we're looking forward to it. And unbelievably, it starts in three days. Uh, the, the messy game is on the 12th camp. Um, that's no, the 22nd. I'm sorry. It's 12 days from now is what I meant to say. Ah. Um, medicals is Saturday. Um, performance testing, which is like beep testing and stuff like that, jumping and all that garbage. Is Wait, you're gonna, they're not going to let you do the beep test this year, Buzz? Well, I never do it. I like to, <laughs> fun to watch it. I, I, one of the most mind-blowing beep test results I ever saw was Dax McCarty as a rookie won the beep test. That kid was a machine. Um, uh, well. <laughs> yeah. So And then training starts on Monday, and then it's open, I think, Tuesday and Wednesday. So I'm going to go back-to-back days and then um, – because that'll be available and easy for me to do. And then just we'll gonna, see the I'm going to annoy them and show up myself. <laughs> yeah, you days. could. Yeah. Do you have a credential? If you don't have a credential, you can't show up. Oh, no, Sorry. I don't. Yeah, my bad. 
Just do it anyway. Yeah, watch over the fence. I'm, I'm sure gonna, you can request I'm going to show up anyway, <laughs> see what happens. <clears throat> That'll be the oh crap moment of the morning. Yeah. Um, let me know if you're going to so I can get my camera ready to videotape you being arrested for trying to get into the field. <laughs> but I'm Peter Welton. <laughs> do you know the ticket. <laughs> do you not know who I am? Let me in. Let me in. All right. Uh, in other stellar and fun and exciting news, FC Dallas has signed a center back, the long-awaited yes. yeah. filling of a position that we have all lamented and waited for with bated breath for what feels like forever. And lo and behold, they've uh, signed a world-class center back in Omar Gonzalez from Skyline High School. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Buzz. Okay, so listen, Omar is 35. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story about Omar. When he was coming out of Maryland, um, I asked um, Steve Morrow, who was the coach at the time, hey, are you guys going to draft Omar Gonzalez? And he was like, no, we think he's too slow, which is funny. <laughs> so Steve Morrow said that. And then Omar proceeded to win 18 bajillion MLS Cups and be in the national team. I'm sure, you know, we all know exactly what kind of player Omar is. You know, he's a very smart, very big, very intimidating, very physical player. He's not fast. I will grant him that. But he was plenty fast enough for Major League Soccer and had a spectacular career uh, now that he's 35. So let's let's qualify this signing. And it is either a spectacular signing, sort of, or a horrible signing. And we'll tell you the difference. If this is a... We want him to start a bunch of games and be the third guy rotating with between Nikosi Tafari and, and Sebas Ibiaga. Then this is a horrible, horrible idea. The dude is not ready to or still capable of being a frontline starter. He started 17 games the last two years. Some of those uh, for New England, some of those starts were not that great, you know, especially in the first year of that. He was apparently better the second year. So if this is your answer. If this is like last year when you grab somebody else's reserve and made him a starter, that's a terrible idea. On the other hand, if this is your fourth or fifth guy and he's here along with Ahmet Corsa as the other fourth or fifth guy, and one of these two guys might only play in an emergency, and if Omar comes to the year with five starts and seven appearances or 10 appearances, that's great. That's fine. That's a great signing. The dude's got immense amounts of experience. I actually think he'd make a great academy coach maybe next year if he wants to do it. So if that's the plan, if he's if he's center back four or five and this is just them following through on their statement that they they wanted to have a some depth on the roster to be able to survive some of these league cups or open cups or extra games or schedule load, then yes, it makes a lot of sense. Remember that we don't think Nolan's a center back anymore. That there isn't really a homegrown around who's a center back. They've drafted a couple of kids in, out of college that, that are sort of interesting, but those are projects that you develop. Those are not guys you want playing in MLS games. So it's either a pretty smart, I actually like it, guy coming home signing, or it's absolutely horrific signing. And you can determine which of those two you think it is. Well, this is this is a perfect example of what we've been talking about for the last several weeks, which is this offseason is all about the hunts showing their hand in terms of ambition because yeah. if in fact Gonzalez who I really like, and I love the fact there's a guy from Dallas coming back here to finish off his career at the club. I, I, I think that's tremendous, but if to your point, if he's just essentially um, a replacement for Martinez and it's a, it's a threesome of Omar to and uh, Sebastian, it's, it absolutely is an indicator that just not serious for 2024. I mean, yes. And I can, and I, I'm trying to be optimistic, Buzz. I'm really, Dan, I promise you, I'm trying really hard to be optimistic and I'm giving the hunts in the front office, the benefit of the doubt and that there's another younger, much higher quality center back on the way to be announced before the start of the season. But history tells me and all of my innate sense of how they do business is that they're standing in their office going, okay, we got our fourth guy and the draft pick. We got our third guy and our draft picks, the fourth guy, and we'll bring back Corsa too. And we're set. Uh, yeah. I think the the bigger thing for me, honestly, is the salary. Uh, I was, you know, on 
about 450 last year. Uh, that's not that's, that's not what you want to bring in. That would make him the 12th highest paid player on the team. Um, you know, centre-back three, centre-back four, I think, you know, he's kind of shown enough. Even in the last year, he started the last eight out eight of the last eleven games for New England. He's he's a serviceable player, obviously more mobile than Jose Martinez, who's still stuck still at DFW trying to catch a flight. <laughs> um, that's, that's Mommy, but, what's that statue in the jetway? <laughs> I threw a dollar and it didn't move. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know I. I'm I'm interested to see how this plays out. I mean, it could be a great thing for for the young players to have a veteran who's won his three million MLS cups, who's won Supporter Shield a bunch of times, who's won the Concacaf Champions League, who's yeah, uh, no, know, I, I has want... fifty caps and every every other bell and whistle possible. We all want to celebrate and enjoy this signing. The problem is, is that we're all waiting for something else, and this and that we're all hoping this isn't it, right? Because at the end of the day, if Omar ends up being the third guy, he's gonna and he's gonna end up being the scapegoat for all of us being really pissed off about how preseason turned out. Yeah, I, I don't mind him being the third guy as such, as long as there's someone young behind him who's gonna challenge him for that spot. Uh, you know, if uh, the uh, Westergren is as good as they think he is, and you know, six months in, he's suddenly challenging for. Uh, a place in the uh, well, it's the twenty-man roster now. Um, it's kind of like uh, mid-season last year. You sign Liam Frazier on his own. Ah, ah that's a bit ropey. But then you add in Sia Iaramendi as well, and you're like, okay, that's great. We've got this like really good, promising addition, and a young guy who's coming in as well. Uh, obviously, the age of age is a little bit reversed there, but. You know, it's it's the okay. That's a good solid piece where you can you can have some depth there, but you you obviously want something to uh, to accent that and maybe step above it. Hmm. Just just to go through on the money, let's just talk about that. Ibiaga's on five hundred k. That would be too much. Farfan's four twenty five. Both of those guys are that's you know relatively speaking to starter defensive money, right? Uh, Nikosi is on. 250, give or take. He needs a raise, quite frankly. Even Chuo Masi's on 350, right? So if, if you're bringing in, you know, Chuo Masi started half the season, you know, Giovanni Jesus is only like on 250, or he was. We'll see what happens next year. You know, so that's the kind of neighborhood you have to be talking about. If you're talking about a fourth, fifth center back, which is, in my opinion, that's what this needs to be. He needs to be the fourth guy kicking Corsa down, if he is indeed he is coming back, to fifth. You know, well, you're not going to pay that guy four hundred fifty, five hundred thousand. He's going to get paid, you know, two hundred thousand, two fifty. So, if those the, the numbers will tell us a lot, and obviously when we see him in camp, it'll tell us a lot. But I can't imagine. I mean, I, it's going to tell us everything depending on where this guy falls into the. Yeah, we're not going to see the numbers until halfway through the season, though. That's part of the problem. Yeah, I won't see those till May. I mean, either way, it's uh, it's a big improvement over Martinez at seven hundred thousand last year. Yeah, that's fair. I think. <laughs> it's just such faint praise, <laughs> and it, it and it doesn't solve the problem <laughs> that we all know exists, does it, Buzz? No, no, no. There still needs to be a starter grade, a center back here because you don't want Ibiaga to be the main starter either. No, no. You want Tafari and somebody else. You want a lefty because Omar's a righty. Although all these guys can play on the left, that's fine. But that's not what you want. You want a lefty over there to play on the left. So they still should be a prime of career Tam signing. If there's not, this is again the, the idea, Peter, and you brought it up a minute ago. The idea of ambition. It's like is this a stand pad and do nothing season, which means fall back and the standings even more, or are you going to try and make your defense actually be better than it was? All right. So, so I'm going to I'm going to turn to the oracle that is all things burn, which is you, Buzz. Oh. With this signing being made and announced in the way that they've celebrated it, now what is your running sense as to the likelihood that they will sign a TAM-level, young, prime-of-his-career center back to this team? I think they still will. Um, you know, there was a little noise about a guy down from Millionaires. You know, so there's a there's something there. You know, I, I'm not with that guy. I think they moved, that's not in, uh, in the window. But, you know, if if... I just cannot fathom that Omar is the answer at this position. Uh, mm, yeah. You know, it's at 35. There's just no way. Now, 
value to the franchise on the bench. Yes, solving this issue that coach felt they had about not having enough bodies to get through these higher load at times. Yes, absolutely. A guy that can help educate a 22-year-old center back like Corsa or whatever homegrowns you bring up from other teams for camps and training or whatever. A guy that maybe you could turn into a coach eventually. A great dude in the locker room, a leader, a guy that knows how to win. All those things are awesome to have on your roster. They're not awesome at 35 thinking he's going to be a starter. He wasn't a starter. He hasn't been a starter in this league for several years. So why you would think that he all of a sudden is going to be a starter at 35 is insane. At least Ibiaga was still below 30 or right at 30 when they brought him in and is a was a peak physical beast for LAFC and things like the the MLS Cup. You know, Omar, he did start down the stretch, but that's not the same thing as being a starter most of the year, and he hasn't done that in years. So mm. for them to overturn their entire structure to make that guy one of your three main starters would be mind-boggling to me. Of course, they've also boggled my mind before with some of the shit they've done. So, um, you know, ask me again in, um, at the end of the month when the window opens whether I still think – this is a decent move with him at four and course at five, since it appears maybe course is coming back, which we'll get into later. Well, yeah, uh, we'll really, yeah, I'll just kind of go there. I guess he posted some photo of him on a plane. Yeah. With an FC Dallas bag, you know, so that's I mean, a good Corsa sign. We're talking about, by yeah. the way. Yeah. yeah. It's a good sign. He's heading back to camp. Probably. I would think. All right. So because we saw so little of that dude uh, last year after he was kind of a surprise signing by the club you saw him probably more than anybody else that isn't, you know, directly paid by the hunts. Do you have any sense if he's got anything in his bag? You know, he's a, he's raw. He's a project. Uh, you know, he's, he's not going to be a all-star, you know, but he could be a serviceable roster piece. You know, if they work on him some, he he's only what, like 22 or something. I have to look at the roster dance. You know, there's, it's okay I mean, I, that he's not a frontline guy, you know, center backs come into the league, come into the play and into the lineup like really late, right? Overall speaking. So hmm. it's not a guy that you're going to expect like in four years, he's going to be a starter like Nikosi, but consider like, you know, he's, he got into this, to this team way younger than um, Nikosi did, for example, but also consider that they didn't pick up his option. So they are perfectly willing to leave him on a, He was already on a minimum contract. They're pretty perfectly willing to let that minimal, minimal contract expire. And they just invite him back if they need him, knowing that probably no one else will pick him up. And the fact that no one else has picked him up, that he's not out there on some team that's probably a, you know, a low level, low tier team somewhere else in the world shows you that he was waiting around for this probably. And that's why we think he's coming back to camp. Well, yeah. And also I think the photo indicates he's somewhere in Europe at this moment, or he was flying back from somewhere uh, in Europe, which mean tells me maybe he's out there looking for a job somewhere over there too and hasn't been picked up. Yeah, he may have had some training stints. I mean, I, he was obviously a year ago living there, so maybe he yeah. went to you know went to visit some friends or some was family. He, he is in, from that. Was he playing in Czechos? Was he playing in the Czech Croatia. Republic? Croatia. Croatia. Yeah. 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 So maybe and, he went. It has there. some ancestry from there. You know, that's why he got there in the first place. He's from Arlington, obviously. So. I mean, if he's your fifth guy and he's a project, that's exactly what the fifth spot should be. I mean, you might someday make, make it be a homegrown. Or maybe, since he's out of contract, maybe he's going to be here in direct competition with um, Westergren and Turner Humphrey, the two center backs they picked. You know, And maybe only one of those guys is going to make the first team. And then, of course, uh, we'll be out, and maybe the other guy gets a North Texas offer or vice versa or whatever. You know, it's Well, it remains to be seen who's going to get that fifth spot. Yeah. But, um, you know... I, Assuming Gonzalez is the fourth and not not the, the third, which would be awful. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on to other things, and we'll keep we'll keep we're just my my request of the curious is just don't assume the worst. Let's hope that the the hopeful center back signing is yet to come. They've got time, right, Buzz? Time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Plenty of time, and the money's there available for that kind of signing. It shouldn't be a problem. I mean, I'm I'm fully expecting one. Um, you know, we've been saying all along they needed to add two center backs. Yeah. Maybe and if Omar's three. the fourth. You that yeah. thing, and you sign a really good, uh, you know, good guy uh, at three. Uh, and a Tam signing kind of guy, then this is a huge win for them. So that's why I don't want everybody to assume the worst. Yeah, it, it was it was two for sure, maybe three if you if you brought in one of these picks or or Kent McCorsa back. So like they needed this fourth guy. So let's hope that's really what this is, and the Tam is still coming. <laughs> yes. We're crossing our fingers. Hopefully they're not digging a hole and 
filling it with shit and jumping in. Yeah. So, <laughs> so right. uh, is yeah. the nightmare scenario Gonzalez center back three or Corsa center back three? Oh my god. Oh, Corsa good. at this point would probably be worse, <laughs> probably. Yeah. But the course, course is a project. He's not. You don't expect him to be the guy now. Omar, if Omar's not for now, he's never right because he's thirty-five. But you want him to be now. Insurance, not now like the man. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next topic of conversation, and this one I feel has all of the vibes of a future entry into the list, mm. which is uh, current quarterback Martin Paz. In fact, this is not an onion headline. This isn't a toe poke news entry item. This is an actual thing that is happening. Appears to be in the process of getting his citizenship in Indonesia so that he can represent the Indonesian national team moving forward. Yeah, this first surfaced at the end of last season, and I thought it was just utter garbage. I couldn't fathom it being real. And apparently it was. Apparently last October or something or August, he went over there and first met with them because just a day or two ago, he was back in Indonesia filling out the paperwork to do this naturalization. And ordinarily you might be like, what in the world? That sounds crazy. But the dude with him in the pictures that he himself paused, posted on Instagram is the head of the Indonesian football association, among other things. He also apparently at one point owned part of DC United and is apparently a sports minister in all phases of stuff and owns a bunch of businesses. He's one of these power brokers in Indonesia, but he's the head of their football association and he's the one helping get this done. So I think this is, I mean, it's not particularly newsworthy, except for he plays for FC Dallas. I I couldn't fathom. I thought for sure he was close enough to the mix of the Dutch national team that he would want to keep pushing and pushing for that and not do this Indonesian thing. But there he was. Uh, The dude is an interesting cat. I'll tell you that. So uh, it's going to be fascinating to see if it actually goes through. And if he actually does play for Indonesia, maybe the expanded World Cup makes him think that he could actually get to one with them. He's not the only Dutch player to do that, by the way, to sign with uh, Indonesia. He's eligible for them because his grandmother was born in the Dutch East Indies, which at the time, you know, is now Indonesia. So that's how he's eligible, which hmm. is crazy. So yeah, they seem to be doing this whole uh, kind of like El Salvador did in trying to recruit uh, a lot of American players. Uh, they've got another guy from Utrecht, uh, someone from Den Haag. Um, I mean, it seems like maybe they had a push before the AFC Asian Cup and he was just a little bit late to that. But they say, uh, I think they get, what, eight and a half places in the World Cup next time around. So, I mean, there's a slim chance they can do it. I, I will say that vaguely, in a sense, it's it's kind of like Brandon Cervania has considered playing for um, Puerto Rico, like because his brother Jaden plays for Puerto Rico. So Brandon has not taken that up on that, still hoping that he gets back to the U.S. team. But that's an option for him. Slightly different because he doesn't have to change his citizenship. Well, yeah, and with Brandon, I mean, you know, he's, what, got 15 people ahead of him in uh, as midfielders in the the national team pool. Uh, Martin Paz maybe has four or five ahead of him, but they're all so the same age or younger they're they're guys that are going to kind of keep him shuttered out for the duration of the career maybe you know the odd camp look at but not like anything significant unless uh you know their their trajectories massively change well it all seems very weird because when you sit and think about uh, there was an item about this that came up that is i find confusing which is how this is going to work for a guy who is plying his club trade in Dallas, Texas, and then being called up for national team games in Indonesia. And I did a quick search of flights from DFW to Jakarta. And on average, that travel time is uh, 26 hours, depending on how many stops you have to make can be as long as 35 hours. Uh, and, and I, and, and to me, that's just one way. So your, your FIFA window is now going to be chewed up in two days of travel of just being on a plane. Right. Yeah. I don't, like I, that's, I, that's going to make it almost impossible for him to make these trips without chewing in game time with Dallas. Wouldn't it? Well, it's like when Bernie went to the Tanzania camp, 
It was just, a, yeah, it's brutal. It can happen, you know. I mean, this is where you have to hope you have another good keeper on your team because it's possible he could lose games or if he gets called up to, you know, some Asian Cup or in the midseason because MLS keeps playing, you know, you could you could see him gone for like a month, you know, if, if he gets called. I don't know when that is. I'm just saying that at some point you can see that one of those tournaments happening in the summer like they all do mm-hmm. uh, and he may be gone for a big chunk of time. So, you know, I mean, in a way – We've always said it's best for your club team in MLS that you have guys that are on the very fringe of a national team that maybe get called up once in a blue moon, you know. So they're quite good, but maybe they're not that level where they're going to be gone all the time, like we saw even with Jesus last year, which really hurt the team when he was gone a big chunk of time. Crazy. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's such a weird, uh, goofy story. I don't know how this happens or why you'd want to do it. I, I mean, I guess if you really wanted to play at an international level and you're never going to be able to do it for your normal country, I guess this is the next best thing, I guess. I don't know. You'd have to be pretty convinced that you weren't going to play. Although, you know, there was a story that I read where his his parents, parents and grandparents were all apparently ecstatic that he was honoring his grandmother, you know, doing this or whatever. So... You know, it's hard to know what's in a guy's heart. Maybe he just thinks it's really cool. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, uh, we'll keep everybody posted as that uh, putters along. Well, well, we'll there see. is a red flag that uh, has been brought up by a couple of people that, I, listen, I'm not an immigration work permit expert, but people have mentioned to me that if he naturalizes to Indonesia, he could lose Dutch citizenship. The, the Dutch don't love dual citizenship unless you're sort of born into it. So... Uh, if he asked, if he loses his citizenship and becomes a citizen citizen of Indonesia, uh, he may have to redo his work permit. So keep an eye out on that, uh, causing a derailment at the beginning of the FC Dallas season. Um, now I'm not, I'm, I don't know enough about it to qualify whether I think that's actually possible or not. But I know it it does happen where it can be a problem. So it's something to watch for. Hopefully, it's just as simple as a change of status because it's on the U.S. side rather than the Indone- uh, you know Dutch or Indonesian side. Yeah, it, I I would hope so too. But it, the thing was that that idea was raised by a couple of people, so I thought it worth mentioning because you know how FC Dallas is with those work permits, not very good at it. So yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. That just seems like an awful lot of travel for some really crappy soccer. Yeah, it does to me too. But if he gets into the World Cup, it's not going to get the Metro World Cup. <laughs> They're not going to qualify for the World Cup. You don't think so? <laughs> no, I right. oh, I don't know anything about Asian qualifying soccer. <laughs> Indonesia? I mean, they're one one of those countries that are on record of, I swear they're one of those countries that in my lifetime has lost games like 24 to nothing. I mean, if they load up on a bunch of Dutch dudes, I mean, I don't know. Why not? Okay. Yeah. It'd be crazy. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, look at Qatar. They loaded up on all those Brazilians and. uh, Well, they also got in for free. Well, yeah. Uh, but not. I mean, I don't mean the World Cup. I mean, like you know, they made what the quarterfinals of the of the Gold Cup last time. They're the current Asian Cup champions. You know? Yeah. Who? They've, who? What is the? What is the Concacaf nation that has been loading up on Dutch players of late? Uh, is it uh, Curacao? Ben- Curacao. Look how good they got. Well, they're not making a World Cup. They might the expanded World Cup. Uh, no way. You don't think with the, when Mexico, the U.S., and Canada all get in automatically and there's still like five more spots for CONCACAF, they might? Mm. I don't know. What do I know? I'm just saying. No, I don't think okay. so. I don't. I, I, well, people like Trinidad, Trinidad and uh, Jamaica load up on British dudes, and that seems to work for them. Well, yeah. I mean, it's also the level of player you get. Like the, you know, a lot of the guys uh, playing for Curacao are guys who were born in Curaçao or, or Netherlands Antilles and and they're not particularly, you know, high level players in, in the Dutch leagues. Right. Well, all right. It is all very curious, very weird, and I look forward to its entry into the list at a future date. Uh, well they do get eight spots and a possible ninth for the World Cup. Asia does. The World Cup's gonna suck in yeah. the future. Um here we go. Next up is the fact that so did this happen the last did we talk about this Velasco thing on the last episode? Uh, we talked about the idea that um, I guess something about him, but really just the the part I wanted to mention was that 
he shortly after he was linked to Boca again, he tweeted out that he's doing really well and he's going to be great. And he's like confident that he's going to be back and better than ever. I just thought it was funny timing because it was like a day or two days later. And then that tweet happened. So yeah, I'm trying to remember if, to if, if we had had a conversation about the fact that, uh, that it came out that some that is an Argentinian clubs are interested in him. I think this has happened since the last episode. Yeah. And it felt like uh, something a manager or an agent had um, had sourced or had well, s- spun up. I don't think it had come out because we were we were doing our speculation uh, fun uh, stuff. And I said I my my funny speculation was that they'll never come back. And I don't right. think we talked about specifics of that's right, because I retweeted the Boca thing with like, oh, hey, we were just talking about that. <laughs> yes. Now I, that's right. That's and then the he order. tweeted, oh, I'm coming back better than ever. So, yeah, of course yeah. he did. Yeah. 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 Mm. Goodness gracious. Uh, so I'll, that, I'll get depressed. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. look, I I don't know. Um, I, I guess he may be for sale if if they if one of those two teams wants to take a a flyer on him and pay the hunts what they want for him, then more power to him. If he wants to stay in Argentina, let him stay in Argentina. Nobody wants a dude that doesn't want to be here, right? On their team, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't agree. Okay. I don't have anything else to say about it. I agree with you. Yes. All right. So uh, the other news since we last talked, January call-ups, Dan and Buzz hit it right on the head. Bernie and Nicosi both got call-ups to the national team and are with the national team currently now. Uh, so exciting news for them. Yeah, that's super cool. Awesome to see Bernie there because he's that's probably more about the U23s than anything. Uh, Nicosi well-deserved. I mean, it's terrific. Um I think everything about it is fantastic. Even though it's the fringe camp, that's perfect. You know, well, either one of those guys can make an impression and get in there. That, uh, I think it's awesome to see those guys get an opportunity of recognition that way. Okay. I'm just running through the different selections here on the run sheet. OKC Stadium? What did yeah, I miss? Yeah, so the Oklahoma City Energy um, are – you know, they're on hiatus because of their stadium situation ah. was untenable. So they've announced – um, a development for sort of the southeast corner of downtown. It's near Bricktown. I don't know if you know anything about Oklahoma City, but it's a big, nice-looking mixed-use f- facility built around this stadium um, for them. So you know, they, it's it's be, it's reached enough of a process that they did a news dump on it, and it went out into all the Oklahoma City media. It's a really nice-looking venue. It's a nice-looking renderings. Um, it would be really great. That's a that's a plenty big enough town for USL Championship. It would be fantastic to have them back. You know, it's not an area we cover, but it's pretty close. You know, and that's a team that Dallas has had some relationships with in the sense of loaning players to them from time to time. Um, and one that is actually really good for the soccer community if we can get them back in. And, and it's a great little venue, and it's an area that needs redevelopment in that corner. Basically, it's a flat field at this point where some old stuff was knocked down. Hmm. So it's a city combo. You know, they, they need some city development um, money in there, maybe for all I know, some federal redevelopment for money. I don't know anything about the politics of it. I just know that it looked pretty cool and it'd be great to get him back. Okay. Well, that took us out of order with the FC Dallas stuff. I just didn't know what I was, uh, what that was referring yeah, to. We so. could bounce. That's good. Okay. You like bouncing around? Sure. Why not? Uh, let's see. All right. Well then related to that, I, I did see this today. So the USL women's, are they calling it the super league? I think Dan yeah. knows a little more about that than I do. Yeah. It's it, the USL super league. I love that name. Okay. So we're getting a USL Super League team in DFW somewhere. Well, when they announced the franchises for that league, they announced DFW and they they have a little page on their website for it. And then nothing happened. It was like a complete vacuum of noise. Three of the teams in that league have announced branding and some of, and coaches and Dallas for the first time, the Dallas franchise, I say Dallas, it could be in Fort Worth. We don't know. It's the Metroplex. They put out some requests for a survey. They want people to answer questions about branding and soccer in Dallas as they try and put together their their whole package. In particular, this one's got a lot of questions. I did it. And it has a lot of questions about what you think about think of when you think of Dallas and blah 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 blah. It's about twenty questions. So if you if you care about women's soccer, what kind of it, I'm interested. What are the questions? What do you think of when you think of Dallas? What's unique about here? 
what colors would you think? What would be a cool uh, name? What low, okay, what, you know, questions. it's okay. all kinds of things about Dallas and vibe and like what you think of it's all related to branding, but there's even like a, who should our first player be? What should we name the team? They're clearly fishing for all kinds of information and they want to get your email to send you tickets off. I'm sure. Cause they have a thing about what you want to know. Do you want to be involved with tickets or sponsorship or are you a company? Are you a fan, you know, super fan, all this kind of stuff. So they're obviously moving forward on some level, this league, what's important is this league is designed to compete with the Indigo Cell, the top women's league. This is not a lower division league. It's supposed to be a first division league. So we'll see what happens. I mean, USL runs good business models usually. So it's nice. The problem is USL has historically does not launch things well. Um, you know, this, this was supposed to start in August of last year. And like you say, only three teams have coaches. Uh, half the teams don't have branding. Half the teams don't have stadiums. The only ones that do are owned by... USL League One teams, um, USL Academy. That was a, a weird failed launch there. Uh, this the second tier league, the USLW League, is being pretty dismal. Um, so yeah, it'll be hopefully it, it gets off the ground and it's successful. It's just uh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's a it's been a very slow start. One right. of the questions, Peter, was where should they play, and I was like, Cotton Bowl. <laughs> it was funny I, you said what's the first thing that makes you think of the area or something and yeah. I thought everybody's going to say barbecue and then they're going to that immediately made me think of them walking out on their debut in their new shirts where she the old barbecue jersey that yeah. we made up for the uh, April Fool's joke however many yeah. years ago for yeah. the burn or for FC Dallas do you remember those I do yeah yeah so the hoop was it hoops made of sausage well, I don't remember that. I remember that there was a barbecue shirt. I thought, no, I we made like we made prank. You know, this was after they did um, that whatever jersey, and we made up some prank jerseys and passed them off as new designs. And one of them was barbecue, but I can't remember. Did we do like strips of brisket as hoops on those, Dan? I had nothing to do with it. I remember that, Peter, but I don't have it in at the front of my brain to give you. Damn specifics. it! I'm gonna have, have to those. find those. Did I make those? Somebody did. I, I probably have them saved somewhere. I'll look around. Did I do that, yeah. Dan? Yeah. I don't know. Did I do that? Did I do that? <laughs> Is that how I said that? Yeah, no. I just thought it was oh. funny. Reminded me of that. I, I, that. Those were funny. We had like a blue bonnet jersey. We had a blue bonnet one. Yeah, yeah. That's right. A barbecue one. Oh, here. I think I found them. Funny shirts. Yes, barbecue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I got to put it in the group chat. <laughs> this is <getting> hilarious. <laughs> Terrible podcasting, but makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. There it is, guys. Do you remember that one? I, I Like I said, I do. But Oh, my God. Yeah. If there was that one. I actually like the blue one. <laughs> and then there was this one. I guess I'll have to put these on the podcast chip. Yeah, you'll have to make these. Yeah, there were four shirts. Oh, that was and we, like the caribou thing. Yeah. This one, yes. So we came up with four jerseys for that we tried to pass off as real deals. One was the barbecue one. Yeah. One was the blue bonnet one. One was the western wear shirt one, and the other one was the yellow rose of Texas one. And I could actually see the yellow rose of Texas one actually getting yeah. past Clark Hunt. Oh, I, well, I will make a four by four image and put it on the uh, on the podcast <laughs> front page of those. The barbecue okay. one is awesome. <laughs> Oh, that makes me laugh. Uh, yeah, I told him the TV show Dallas is what I think about when I think of Dallas. So, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Most of the questions were about Dallas, so they're, obviously they're thinking more Dallas than other places, but you never know. I'm getting the sense that Dan is offended by my mock-ups. I don't think he liked Yeah. Nope, Dan didn't like Sorry? Those. Never mind. Uh, uh, no, I was just waiting to talk about soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's joining Steve Davis on Kit Talk. All right, uh, speaking of kits, they did roll out a new kit this week, and they seem very, very proud of it. It is a combo kit with the Texas Rangers, Texas Rangers FC Dallas kit night. Now, what I saw online, I'm guessing, was unfortunately filtered the wrong way because it was, like I asked the question, was its Pantone color name really f***ing old yellow because it was such a dingy yellow colored shirt that that can't be right please tell me it's more of an off-white 
Well, yeah, the the original image that you saw was the one that's on the F, the sorry the Texas Rangers website where they where they have all their jersey giveaways and they're selling the tickets. Um, FC Dallas tweeted out another one that obviously is the one that they had taken a picture of that looks much better. That looks closer to the Burn Baby Burn jersey than anything. Um, you know, because it's so essentially it, the Burn Baby jer- Burn jersey yeah. with the peagle yeah. over the where the where the FC Dallas crest goes. And there was some other change to it. What else? Yeah, was I mean, make change? no mistake. It's a it's a Texas Rangers thing. It's just the, the they're doing Rangers are doing a whole series with all the clubs in town. Like there's a hockey jersey night, which is already sold out. It's a but there's a Cowboys one. Well, the hockey they're, one looks good. Yeah, and it sold out almost instantly. And then there's a Cowboys jersey one, as I said. And there's now there's an FC Dallas one. I think there's a, there's a basketball Mavericks one. They're doing them with all the teams. There's like you know the the company that does the upside down Dallas hat. There's a night for that. So the trick is you got to buy a ticket to the Rangers for that particular night, and then you get the, through that link, and then you can get the jersey. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the whole stadium; it's just specifically. So I bought mine already, of course. But the problem they've got is it, um, it's too close to the actual jersey. You know, the jersey is off white already. Now it just looks like my dog pissed on it. <laughs> um, you know, and then they've got kind of like the the fake Adidas elements, so it's kind of like just a, a bad knockoff. Like the Stars one looks really cool because that's not the Stars colors; it's not anything remotely like the Stars colors. It just looks like a winter classic hockey jersey. Uh, it's just it's unfortunate. Yeah, a little bit, but I still like it enough to get the tickets and go. Which well, is yeah, you can walk from there house. from yeah, your house. I probably will. All right. All right, well, we'll knock that one out. Uh, good for yeah. them. And let's see. Well, do you want to? Uh, is there anything we want to update on what we do or don't know about the kits situation? I think our speculation on the gradient thing is the only thing that we've really kind of settled on. Is that um, I think we're convinced there's yeah. going to be a gradient in this kit of some no, sort. Nothing but that that that's continued. You know, they're continuing to have that gradient look in their social media rollout. That I, you know, I call it kind of a smoky sort of fade kind of look you know you can call it whatever you want to but sort of the backgrounds of the um uh the social media is all continue to be that way so that's a pretty strong indi- indicator that that's the track that they're on um because they, they they usually use the kit as we've said before the kit patterns and all their branding even into the website a lot of times um as the as the season launches so. dan you're the official mock-up guest guy where are you at on this uh, I'm very excited for tomorrow because uh, typically we see from MLS Media Day some pictures of the guys in the new shorts and socks and tracksuit tops. So I know what the jacket's going to look like, but FC Dallas likes to switch around the colors of the shorts and socks, and I think that kind of that that kind of helps you understand what the design's going to be because it, it changes different elements of it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll just kind of sit here and wait and twiddle our thumbs about that. Uh, and we'll keep everybody else posted. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else we need to talk about, Buzz? Yeah. Well, Jimmy Maurer also posted a pic um, flying back to Dallas. So, you know, I, I that's hopefully that means he's going to be back in the team. Because, like, you know, they for sure need a third keeper since they're losing out on Istone. And you since know, one or, of them's going to be spending, you know, a, yeah. a, a substantial amount of time on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> and and more than likely, Antonio Carrera will be involved in youth national team stuff. Um, you know, he was second or mm-hmm. second or first choice in various teams he's been in with the youth national team. So he could lose time too. Um, so that's, you know, I think either to come back as a third keeper or as a coach, either one. The fact he's flying back to Dallas is good. Um, he posted that on Instagram. So that's why I brought it up. And then the other thing is FC Dallas hired a scout named Enzo Jabali. I don't know anything about him other than he was involved in the um, in a Sali deal. But he's been at um, FC Versailles as sporting director. He was a French media broadcaster consultant. He was at REMS as a, a scout and Red Star Belgrade as a scout too, head scout too. So he's been around Europe for quite a while apparently. So Dallas, is, he started working for them back in October, he says on, on social media, and that seems to be the case. Is he moving to Dallas or does he live over in Europe? I assume he's living in Europe because he's going to be their European scout, basically, as near as I could tell from his social media. I don't think he's coming here. It's just interesting to see Dallas hire a, you know, first team scout full time over there like that, we think. And for him to be prominent enough that like he has a transfer market page of all the places he's worked and he has a social media presence and he was announcing to everybody, hey, here's what I'm doing now. 
you know, people were responding to him. So, you know, he obviously has some level of, you know, not fame, but people are aware of him on some level, which is usually a good sign that, you know, he's at least got some skins on the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. Okay. I mean, considering two or three years ago, there almost was no scouting department at all. So now know about not only is there a head scout here in the U.S. now, uh, there's now a scout in Europe, and we think there's one down in South America too that's related to somebody on the coaching staff. So. Well, I'm just I'm glad to know who I could celebrate or blame, uh, depending on how sucks. the uh, Solly <laughs> yeah. the, the, <laughs> the Solly deal works out, right? Now we got somebody we can poke at. Yeah, and I was just reminded today when I was looking at the contract list that he has four years guaranteed and then an option for 2028. So that's the longest contract on the club right now, which tells you what they think of him. Mm, I can't wait to, for Buzz's first reaction. The, the yeah. first time he sees a nice play. Me too. Can't wait to see him. It'll can't wait to see make him guys. or break him. Yeah. Buzz is such an influence. <laughs> he can make Stop. or break the career of a player. No. For sure. Yeah. No. Stop it. You know it's true. No, stop. Spread like wildfire. Buzz says Anise is amazing. Yeah. Like when I said Cobra sucked, and I was right. You were right. <laughs> yeah, he was hey, terrible. Uh, okay, well, I, I'm, I was just about to ask you if you've ever been wrong about a player, and I immediately yeah. came to Isaiah Parker. Well... I would say that I'm right about Isaiah Parker, but what we didn't, I didn't anticipate was that he was the wrong player for this coach. Ah. I still think I have Isaiah Parker is very talented. I just think that the team is not, is misusing him. And this, this coach in a million years would not be interested in a 19 year old kid swapping so positions. Why not sell him. I, yeah. Why not? That's a, no, they should. Okay. They should trade him. Absolutely. 100%. Because just right now he's eating a roster spot. There's no reason to have him here at all. Either sell him or, tr- or loan him again. Have you been wrong about what's the wrongest you've ever been? That's a good English. What's the wrongest you've ever been about a player? Uh, Tom, the Thomas wrongness. I mean, maybe you could say um, Thomas Roberts, who I still think is really good. I know there's teams looking at him, but I thought he would be much better than. Where is he now? Well, he was with Columbus Crew too when they won the championship. Um, and so I, I know that there are teams that are looking at him, you know, I have good connections to him. So, um, I try to think of who I was real. I really missed on bad. Oh, um, Ruben Luna. I thought Ruben Luna was going to be a star. Um, that kid just absolutely destroyed Academy games over and over and over again. He had all the, all the tools you want, the internal drive, skillful, um, good body power, but he lacked, um, that one burst step that meant in Major League Soccer, he couldn't quite separate from a center back and get that shot off. Yeah. So that was a killer. I thought he had everything he needed to be great, and it just was not meant to be. Plus, Shellis, you know, was not necessarily didn't love Academy kids either, for that matter. You know, so that was uh, my well, biggest the, miss. The other thing that we should have mentioned is that uh, all of Buzz's dreams about Funes Mora's coming to play for Dallas evaporated into thin smoke yeah um this week because yeah. i guess he signed with who pumas pumas yeah move from uh monterey to pumas yeah so bummer but you know he's also in his 30s now so it's it actually died a long time ago okay all right well anything else buzz yes i got a couple more things hold um, on wait a sec dan yeah. you got anything else nope buzz go ahead yeah, so first off, Kevin Benilla uh, was drafted by Real Salt Lake out of Portland this year when he was, you know, um, whatever it is, Mountain West or West Coast, whatever conference that is, Defender of the Year. Uh, and they've actually signed him out, outright at the beginning of the season before they have even got to camp. He should have been a Dallas homegrown a long time ago. He started for North Texas in their championship run at right back when he was a U19 in that first season opposite Jogo. They should have signed him right then, and they didn't. And every year since then, I've said you should have signed him, and they didn't. And they've gotten guys like Carl Smith and Endelay, and they're doing these converting this, this and converting that. Did you had a phenomenal defender, a guy that was in USU twenty camp and was so good they had him stay around for the U twenty three camp. The the kid can play; he's phenomenal. And Dallas, for some reason, doesn't want him. And I don't know why, and no one will tell me why that I've asked. So that sucks. But he signed with RSL, and they're getting a great player that I think will probably be good for mm-hmm. a decade. Wham, wham. Um, yeah, and it sucks, but whatever. You know, it was their player and they missed on him. Um, 
three guys from the Outlaws, David Ortiz, who's a former FC Dallas Academy player, Sebastian Mendez and Luis Morales are on the U.S. futsal team as they get ready for the CONCACAF uh, futsal championships. That's kind of a big deal. Um, and then <laughs> it's batshit nuts, but David Teixeira and Blas Perez both now play for the sidekicks along with Bradley Valdez and Moises Hernandez. There's four ex-FC Dallas players on their team, but the Teixeira and Blas Perez part is the part to me that's crazy. It's like FC Dallas... 90, not 97, 07 or something <laughs> rocking over there mm. with those guys. So that's just kind of crazy that both indoor teams making a little noise in different ways, but interesting nonetheless. Well, those are, that's good stuff. And I will end with the best thing. I, I'm going to steal a Scott Van Pelt deal. The best thing I saw all day, the, uh, the best uh, amateur Sunday league in the DFW area is Dallas Soccer Alliance that plays their some of their games over at um, MoneyGram. And in one of their open divisions is a team that refers to itself as Dallas Burn. And yes, they wear the white 1997 with the giant vomiting legged head Islamico logo jerseys yeah. as their jersey. It is glorious. Still my favorite FC Dallas jersey, really. And the idea that a, 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 Sunday, a Sunday beer league team in 2023 is wearing 1997 Dallas Burn shirts is like, it just brings a tear to my eye. I, I think it's so glorious. That is glorious. I saw that pick too, and I thought of you. It's a beautiful kit. <laughs> that was so cool. It's uh, it's the best. So, uh, by the way, the MLS just sent around the list of players for Media Day, and Jesus Ferreira is representing FC Dallas at Media Day. Sandwich right between Jordan Morris and Timu Puki on the list. Timu Puki. Yep. The uh, the funny one is the teams that couldn't source a player, so they're sending their coach. <laughs> I see Wilfred <laughs> Nancy's there. Yeah. Well, everybody wants to talk and to fourth, Nancy. Yeah. Herzman from TFC. Huh. Okay. Although Nagby's there, so Columbus Crew is just because they won. He probably there too. Yeah, they've got uh, Kucha Hernandez there too. Dean Smith from from uh, University of North Carolina, national championship winning coach is there apparently for some reason. Hmm. Okay. No, he just coaches different. Different Dean Smith. That's the joke about the Charlotte head coach. He's got the same name as the Very Carolina good. Great. Okay. Uh, well, Dan, thank you, sir. Good to talk to you, my friend. Likewise. Buzz. Good stuff. Another Thanks. successful podcast on the books. Man, it's nice to get back to the news window on the season. Um, and next week we'll actually have, I believe, visual uh, viewing of players to talk about as we record after open sessions. It's yeah. really exciting. Uh, assuming the sessions don't get canceled due to winter yeah. weather. Winter weather or pushed around and I'll be up there myself. <laughs> or you get arrested trying to sneak in one or the other. Uh, yeah, I'm only going up there if the weather's nice. Yeah, um, fair enough. I, I, I ain't dodging the icy roads to make it up to Frisco, um, just to get thrown out because I that's don't have true. A media pass. Anymore. I will say, pending blizzard conditions, I'm planning on going. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be a we'll, kick in the we'll balls? put Buzz's actual real uh concern and love of covering this club to the test next week? Man, I mean, I got a four by four, but an hour each way in that oh, kind of blizzard on no those hot way. Texas highways, man, no way. Screw that, not in a blizzard. Yeah, yeah, not with these dumbass drivers we have around here. I'm just, I'm just gonna go up to Frisco for the traditional opening of practice and sit at Summer Moon and and cry <laughs> into a coffee. Yeah, <laughs> pretend like you're at practice. We'll fake it all. All right. Well, very good, guys. Uh, you, the curious, be patient. Just don't get too upset. Don't, don't get too. Uh, don't make any assumptions. There's plenty of time left for. I know a lot of other MLS clubs are making signings. Many of them are making really interesting and and, and big name signings, or at least big dollar signings, or club p players with good pedigrees. It, it, just don't assume the worst, right, Buzz? Man, I mean, <laughs> uh, no, don't do it. I mean, you know, Come this on. club's track record is, you know, I mean, look. Remember now, we're just talking about holding steady. If you if you replace Martinez with a guy that can play some, okay, no, stop. We've already talked about this. We're just let alone actually get better. Ugh. No, we we haven't even talked about trying to get better. This is just filler. It's I know just, it's a body. This is the body. That's what Omar was. It better be. 
Third Degree, the podcast has been brought to you by Soccer90.com. Everything you can want in the soccer game, Premier League, Syria, uh, MLS, probably some La Liga. Man, who knows what they got over there? They got everything. Jerseys, tees, scarves, Soccer90.com. As a Third Degree listener, you get 20% off your order when you use the code Third Degree at checkout. That's 20% off. Soccer90.com. Code Third Degree. Some exclusions may apply. All right, there you go. Thanks for uh, listening, uh, FC Dallas. Curious. I'm trying. I'm really, really trying to make this thing positive for you guys. I'm pushing Dan and Buzz as much as I can to be not negative Nellies. I'm not getting very far. Uh, I love uh, that you're Mr. Sunshine all of a sudden. (laughs) Somebody's got to try to pump a little sunshine into this. We'll actually have something to talk about next week, so that's where the positivity comes from. All right. Until then, it's just uh, what we do. I love it. I love it that Dan ends this thing on a positive (laughs) ray of sunshine. Thank you, FC Dallas Curious. We will speak to you next week on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. It's finally coming back. Third Degree, the 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 Third Deg